Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh. With me, as always, is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Doing well. I'm, uh, I'm definitely ready for a Super Bowl. This was technically the last weekend of of actual like a football weekend because the Super Bowl is such a spectacle, right? So this was really the last weekend of you have two games back to back. You can make a day of it. It was the last football day of the year because the Super Bowl is its own thing. It's its own event. It transcends football, some will say. <laughs> Maybe more so this year than ever because, you know, yeah. if the Chiefs yeah. win... Kelsey is probably going to propose to Taylor Swift. Oh, you think he's going to skip right to that, eh? 100%. That's the time. I cannot Um, think of a more attention-seeking, like, person on the planet than the Kelsey brothers. And this entire relationship has been, like, the most public thing by their choosing. So, of course, that, that would be the perfect moment to do it. With a captivated millions of people audience, it one hundred percent. But now, not if they lose, though, that would be awkward. If she that well, that would be awkward. If she says yes or no, like which would be better? Well, uh, I could you live with yourself if you said no? <laughs> like even even if you want to talk millions. to the person, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I feel like you got to say yes, but then maybe it's a side conversation to be like, "Listen, yeah. you put me in a really difficult situation. Let's talk about this." Because <laughs> like, like you can't do it. Like you can't. Open. You'd be hated, <laughs> no matter who oh, you yeah. are. <laughs> You'd be hated. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't would not be good. No. Um, I thought you were gonna say he. He's gonna like as soon as they win, just instantly retire because I could see that happening. Oh, I could definitely see that happening too, for sure. Absolutely, could see that happening. I mean, that that I would blame him less for because winning Super Bowl back to back, you're at the top of your game. You are getting older, like that. That's the time to do it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him for that, and I wouldn't be super surprised, especially now that he's in this relationship. He doesn't probably doesn't need to do this um so yeah maybe it's a proposal retirement whammy that's everything maybe yeah just ride off in the sunset in a blaze of glory yeah i mean that would be the way to do it that would be talked about forever which is at the end of the day what he wants and now i'm not listen i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i mean some people like public attention for different things some people don't he's just the type of person that that 100% likes the attention, likes to be in the spotlight, also still wants to complain about it, but that's that's often the case with these sorts of things. But I think he would he's he's got enough theatricality around him that I feel like he could make this kind of move and feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm just looking at... I thought they had won more Super Bowls recently than they had uh, the Chiefs. So I was going to say, if they lose, I could see him maybe wanting to stick around because they've only won two. This Uh, would be, if they win it this time, it'll be, yeah, their third. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought they had three already. Which to me is like if they win this third one, two in a row, won a couple years ago, like it's pretty much dynasty territory anyway. And I, I do feel like if you're a professional athlete, you're probably sitting here at that age looking around being like, maybe, maybe this is the time to do it at the absolute top of my game. My popularity is through the roof. He's going to have no problem making money or having a career in the future. Like that's not even going to be an issue. It's just, does he have the drive to play or not? Um, and I don't know. I think if you win two in a row, it's a good, it's a good time to do it. So it's possible. I think the proposal is more likely. And I'm pretty sure there's like a, on fan duel, there's a bet right now. Like you, you can proposal, no proposal. You can place a bet. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I like to make silly bets at the Super Bowl, So that'll be one of mine for sure. <laughs> of course there is. Of course there's a bet on that. I, that's nope. see, I'm not, I'm not a huge sports betting person, but every year for the Super Bowl, I give myself a budget and I bet on four or five silly things. And usually it's like length of Anthem or color of Gatorade or whatever else they'll kind of give me that that's like random. And that's going to be one of them this year, proposal or no proposal. All right. Fair enough. I, uh, I've never made any of those bets, so I will live vicariously through you, I suppose. It's my it's the only time in my life that I do any like real betting. <laughs> and it's the Super Bowl. I've done it for the past three years in a row, and I just find it like fun. And I set like a very modest budget just to see what it's like. And yeah. It's interesting. Well, it adds a really you... interesting dynamic. How have you done? So the first year I I won money, like I did well. The second year, I kind of broke even. Like, I didn't really, like, win or lose anything. And then last year, I lost everything. Oh, no. <laughs> but it, but but I will say, I don't increase my... Like, I always go in with the same budget, regardless of me making money. So, overall, I'm I'm still up a little bit. But, yeah, last year, I didn't get anything bad. And one of the things is, it, so when something's somewhat likely to happen, they sometimes offer you a payout early so they won't give you your full money but they'll give you like a payout thing and you can like take it or leave it i i was being offered payouts and that's where i'm like oh i'm super confident now but i should have taken those payouts <laughs> wouldn't have lost as much money but uh that's tough that's but tough. i mean yeah. again it's hard like gatorade color <laughs> it's really tough to pick that so but that's the idea that's i don't take it super seriously but it adds that dynamic like i'm sitting there timing the national anthem which is kind of just fun so is it like, do both teams have the same Gatorade color? I, I've never paid attention to this. So no, it's Gatorade color for the winner that you're betting on when the Gatorade gets dumped on the coach. Oh, okay. Okay. I and yeah, you. no, they, they, it's relatively random. Like they just, whatever Gatorade color it is. So uh, like, yeah, we're, we're talking they, like orange, blue, yellow, orange, red, blue, like, yellow like the yeah. standards. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And you're just literally placing a bet. <laughs> like there's no, you're just guessing. All right. <laughs> yeah now there are there are odds they offer odds like the thing that's getting obviously the most bets the odds are less so i you know i do some of the long shots because you know you could bet 25 dollars and win you know 70 dollars or whatever so i like yeah, to yeah. play some long shots but yeah it is it's that it's over under length of anthem like i think i can't remember, was it last i can't remember who the halftime show person was like was it rihanna last year or the year before 
Ooh, I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, whenever it was her, there was just like, okay, it, will she sing this song or will she not? And it was how many songs? Like you have to pick how many songs she'll sing. So it's a little bit the same. Like for Usher this year, it's like, how many songs will we do? How many guest artists will appear? Um, will Will Little John show up? Like it's things like that. How many celebrity sightings? Like you can bet on things like that. But that's just like fun, nonsensical things. She was last year. Rihanna was last year. Okay, yeah. So that was one of the bets. Is I had to bet. I don't know any of your music at all. And I was like, okay, this song, yes or no. And I had to guess how many songs she would do. Oh, okay. Or like what their opener is going to be, stuff like that. What the opener is. Um, sometimes it's like order of song. Will this song go before this one? Um, all that's in there. Yeah. It's everything you can, everything you can possibly think of. What we, what will the first penalty be? That's, mm. that's a bet. Like I never do like the touchdowns and whatever. I stay away from that because the idea is to just do something fun and silly. So I'm like, what's the first penalty going to be? Um, yeah, but yeah. It's a, usually holding's the one with the, with the worst, like, or like yeah. I would say the, the worst odds because it gets bet on so much. So yeah, I usually yeah. go for something ridiculous because then that's a big payout. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, will the will the kickoff be a fair catch or caught? Uh, coin toss. When, when coin toss, absolutely. When in the game will the first punt happen? Um, things like that. All of that will be sort of in there. All right. Well, you're gonna have to let me know uh, what what bets you make. That way, I have something else to to pay attention to in the game. Yes, I will. I will have a list, and I will make sure to circulate that list to everyone who wants it. Perfect. I look forward to seeing how you uh, how you do. Probably lose everything and uh, continue to drift down into my hill of madness that I've created for myself. Perfect. You and you and Aaron Rodgers just living the slow descent into insanity life. I mean, he's there. What do you <laughs> slow descent? Yeah, he, how much more down can he you. go? <laughs> we don't know. That's the problem. That's that's the scary thing. He's going to run for president. That's a, that'll, a million that's the percent. Next, that's the next. Absolutely. While wow, playing in the NFL still. <laughs> at, at 49 or whatever. You want to yeah. surpass Brady and play just as long. Yeah, exactly. Did you hear, I don't know if this is in your news, but did you hear that rumor about Tom Brady? Okay, I'm going to guess by your silence you did. Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember hearing something about him, but now I can't think of what it was so maybe i didn't so the rumor is that he because of what happened to joe flacco this year he is seriously considering a comeback for next season i hadn't heard that okay he is seriously considering coming back to the nfl and playing another year did did he not did he stop paying attention when the browns made it to the playoffs or I think probably like I think he figured like, well, I'm better than Joe Flacco. So like I would have a better time in the playoffs. But he looked at how Flacco did. He looked at, okay like if their team has a strong enough defense and some good offensive weapons, I can still make a big difference. So he's seriously considering a comeback. Now, that's a rumor. There's been no confirmation. He hasn't been talking much, which makes me think it could be true. Uh, (laughs) If he's not talking much, he might be too busy working out and getting ready. Um, so that's really interesting because the rule is if you have part ownership of a team, you're allowed to play for that team, 
but you can't play for any other team if you don't have part if you have part ownership of a team. So he either has to play if he's going to come back. Let's just say this happens. He'd be playing for Vegas, like he'd be playing for the Raiders, or he has to sell his shares and then go play for another team. So that'll be the first sign. If he sells his shares this summer after only owning the team for a year, there you go. He's coming back. He wasn't very good in his last year in Tampa Bay, but no one was good for Vegas. So, I mean... They Would have it be better defense. than what they had is the question. Yeah, yeah. they got Devontae Adams. They've got... They've got a running they got game. Some, they've got a running game. they got some talent, so yeah. it's That's the thing. Because it's Tom Brady, it's not ridiculous. No, like Brett Favre did it too. Yeah. So Now, the only thing is he's supposed to have a contract lined up with, I think, Fox to be an analyst, isn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah, he has a. It's supposed to start next year, I think. Yeah, so he'll be back involved in the game one way or the other, just either on the field or two very different ways, but um, either on the field or in the broadcast booth, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, it it would be interesting. It would certainly be interesting to see what like that would be an interesting storyline. I don't think it would go well personally, but no, uh, I don't. You know. I don't. <laughs> No, I think we saw it. He he did the comeback in Tampa. It started out well, and then it just started to catch up to him, right? Um, your body can't handle that for, for that long, no matter how well you take care of it. And a lot of players by mid to late 30s are feeling that, despite being in your mid-40s, which I think Brady is. So it, it's it's unlikely. And I doubt it'll happen. It's just an interesting rumor. Rumors always pop up this time of year. Um, You never know. You never know what can happen. I've seen stranger things. I don't know what even is necessarily going to happen with Aaron Rodgers going into next year. But with Tom Brady, yeah, I mean, it would be quite the storyline. I'll say that. But then what is Aaron Rodgers going to do to trump that? He'll have to do something. Um yeah, launch his presidential campaign. Um, <laughs> he'll do something. He'll he, he'll have to. Um, that's the thing. Like that's what what an interesting situation. If Kelsey announces his retirement, proposes to Taylor Swift, Brady announces his return, and then like Aaron Rodgers announces that he's the second coming of Jesus or something. Wouldn't that be just the wildest couple of weeks that we could have leading up to free agency? That would be because <laughs> awesome. free agency happens, I think, in March, right? Like it's right around the corner. Yeah, it's it's approaching. That would be a great start to kick and off that's the even, off season. To kick, yeah, to kick off the off season, we'd have so much to talk about. Yeah, so much. <laughs> like we're worried about what to talk about until we really get in deep into free agency and, of course, the draft because those things will absolutely impact your fantasy team but i'm pretty sure we have like until the second week of march before that happens so if all these announcements come up then we've got endless things to talk about for the next couple of weeks yeah it's i i don't know what's gonna happen (laughs) it's it's gonna be interesting um i i am interested to see if he joins his brother though in retirement if Jason officially is retired by then. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. I, I still don't know. Um, 
I'm gonna assume no, he is nobody still. knows what him but but him at this point. Like no. He knows he's just dragging it out for theatricality. <laughs> hey. Gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta get those podcast views. That's what we gotta do. You gotta go start some sort of crisis in the news. Well, I mean I, I have. It's just so local. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get, gotta get at least national. You gotta, yeah, you know, I gotta get some boost national those, coverage. Gotta boost those numbers up, you know. All right, I'll work on it. All right, a um, couple of a uh, couple of changes in terms of coordinators this week, because uh, now we're into that part of the season where teams are pro- like poaching everyone else's coordinators. Now that everyone, all but two, are eliminated from playing. Uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles hired the former Dolphins defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, to be their new defensive coordinator. So I know we had talked about that last week where it didn't really make much sense that the Eagles coordinator is getting released, um, even though they took away the play calling from them and nothing changed. And then Vic Fangio, they parted ways mutually. Again, didn't really make much sense. Like the Dolphins defense was playing good until they got injured too. Um, but maybe, well, clearly Fangio knew he was going to get hired by the Eagles because it was within, I think, 48 hours, the news broke that he was hired by them, I think, or 72 hours, whatever it was like, it was very fast. I don't think they would have had time to interview him and then, then hire him on. So maybe the Dolphins knew and they didn't want to hold him back. You know, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll start with somebody new. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lateral move to me. Like, these teams are very similar. (laughs) So it's kind of going from one kind of Dolphins are more of an up-and-coming offense. The Eagles have a bit more veteran leadership throughout their whole team. But in terms of those defenses, I would say, like, they were both good until injury hit them. So that to me, that's just a lateral move. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Now going into next year, you know, do the Eagles, does the Eagles defense return to what it was? Does the Dolphins defense implode? Who do the Dolphins hire to, uh, to take Fangio's spot? Mm-hmm. Um, the Carolina Panthers have hired off the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales. I think that's how it's pronounced to be their new head coach. Uh, the Bucks had a good offense this season. They mm-hmm. they capitalized on you know what worked for them what like what key skill players they had so maybe that can help develop uh, Bryce Young maybe yeah, yeah. I, I mean I think they need to kind of draft another key player or two uh, they don't really have a lot going for them on the offensive side of the ball but uh, I mean yeah they. I don't know. They they cut office like they cut the full office, right? So if we're going to start from the ground up, I think they need to make some moves in the offseason. Either try to bring in some um like experienced known talent or stockpile draft picks and then just commit to the rebuild. Oh, definitely. And I do think this is a good choice for hiring because of all the points you brought up. You obviously got a lot um out of that you know, offense, um, you know, the Bucks. a lot of questions coming into this season, got a lot out of a, a team that we just know what 
what they could do. So, hey, you're bringing in someone who's coming into Carolina to basically want to do the same thing with the Bucks. We don't really know what that offense can be. We don't know what this team can be. Let's start fresh, see what happens. Um, they've got, I mean, they, they have to do something. They weren't very good this year. So, you know, I, it seems to me like a pretty good move. Yeah, I mean, he, he's already proven he can do a lot with a little. So maybe, you know, he can uh, he can do that again with them. I, I don't know. I mean, he took down the Eagles. He gave the Lions a run for their money. Um, so maybe that's kind of the spark that they need in, in addition to all the other head office stuff. I'm, I don't know. I, I do think they need some more key star players on that offense. Oh, it's terrible that they're in a situation where they don't have a first round draft pick. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's a, just a terrible situation for them to be in. Um, so, I mean, they're going to have to see if they can lure a couple players through free agency and they'll have to draft smartly in other rounds. Like they're just, they're going to have to make use of their later draft picks and make some really, really good decisions. Or make a move to get back into the first round. Yeah. And that's, that's obviously possible. I don't know. Like, I don't know if at the end of the day, they have enough in their arsenal to make it worth someone giving up a first round draft pick. Like, I don't know, like who are you trading? Like would someone take, let's say you'd have to package it up, but would someone take Adam Thielen and your second, which is like the first pick in the second round to get like a mid round first from a team that maybe already has a couple like, yeah, like I would do that. But aside from someone like Adam Thielen, like did they really have enough? Like Chua Hubbard, has has his moments, but like I don't know if there's really anyone else on that team that you're looking at being like, yeah, that's worth even packaging it. That's worth a first rounder. Yeah, and they only have three picks in between rounds two, three, and four, so they don't even have enough to. They don't really have any draft picks to trade away or trade up to try to get into the first round. So, yeah, you're looking at frankly <laughs> your second rounder which is like a, a high second rounder, but still in the second round would have to go plus something else. Like you'd have to have a player that someone was really interested in. And I still think at best you could get like a mid twenties. Like you could maybe move up 10 spots and get into the first round. Like that's, that's like the most I think you could do. And you'd have to package other things. Yeah. Probably easier for them to try to accumulate some additional picks in those second, third, fourth, fifth rounds, and then try to build just a core, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's a scenario where if you offer Adam Thielen for a later round pick, like you want to just get picks back, I bet you someone would do that. There's a contender out there or two that needs some veteran support in a receiving core that maybe has a couple players. He doesn't have to be the number one guy, but he's a good support guy. There are teams that will make that deal. I'll give you a third round draft pick for him. Chiefs, that would be a perfect scenario. Chiefs would be a perfect scenario. This, a third-round draft pick for Adam Thielen. The Chiefs would do that. Absolutely. You can catch the ball? Perfect. You're hired. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, because he, he would. He, he knows when to be onside. He can catch the ball. He's not someone who has butterfingers and drops it all the time. Like, he's a veteran receiver. I think that's a perfect example of a team that could use him. You know who else could? The Buffalo Bills, frankly. Yeah, that was the second name that came to mind. Yeah. 
I would trade a third round draft pick if I was Buffalo. Absolutely, I would. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what Buffalo does in the offseason this year. They got to make some changes, but we'll talk about it. We're getting close to it. Like I think, I think it's the second week of March when it's free agency. So I think that's when we'll really get into the the weeds of what our team's doing. It gives us that. And obviously, the draft is the next big point. But between then and the draft, there's all the trades and and signings and prep for the draft will happen, and that's when we'll start to see what teams are made of. Are you? interest are you happy with their decision to um they, they kept their interim offensive coordinator he's going to be their offensive coordinator for next year as well joe brady are you excited about that with how I they mean, looked in the latter half of the season yeah i mean they looked better they used they used their running game which was something mm-hmm. that they weren't doing before at all so the fact right. that they 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 as far as i'm concerned they have a running back now who there's no excuse to, to not give him the football. So I would say, yes, for those reasons, I'm more interested to see what he does with a full season and especially a full off season to implement new things. Yeah. So I would say as a bills fan, I'm optimistic about that because their running game actually looked good and a balanced running game and another catch a, like a player who's consistent who can catch the ball is really what they need on offense. Um, Cause they already have the quarterback. They have a star wide receiver. They clearly have two tight ends who can play. You can really mm-hmm. play either one of them. So what are they missing? Well, they need that second receiver target to take some heat off digs who can actually be in the lineup all the time. And now they've got a potential good running game. So yeah, I, I do like the move. I'm interested to see what happens next. All right. Atlanta Falcons are hiring uh, or have hired now the Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris to be their new head coach. And then it came out a little while later that the Rams passing game coordinator, Zach Robinson, is going to be the Falcons new offensive coordinator. Uh, So obviously Morris and Robinson worked together in L.A. Morris liked what he saw with Robinson and the way that he helped with the uh, well, the just deadly uh, Rams passing game. And so now we've got that coming to Atlanta. So with that in mind, do you think this could be the chance for Kyle Pitts to redeem himself? If they get a quarterback, yes. So unfortunately, their draft pick is too deep to get a good quarterback this year. At eight, Everything You don't at, think you yeah, can get a good one? Absolutely not. Uh, this is not one of those years where you have a lot of really great quarterbacks deep in the draft. Like there's really three that most people think could be starters either next year or the year after. And everybody else, you know, you, you would have to see. You're rolling the dice with the other quarterbacks. So I don't know. Like who's playing quarterback for them? If it's if it's Desmond Ritter, then my answer is no, because I I don't care what the coaching is. He's not a good quarterback. He's not good enough. If they get someone in free agency or via trade, then my opinion will change because this this is a good, seems like a pretty good coaching staff. They did wonders with the Rams. They worked well with, with Stafford there. I think if they get a good, solid quarterback, then yes, someone like Pitts will benefit from that. Drake London will benefit from that. Even... 
so long as he's used properly, B. John Robinson will benefit from that. So yeah, they get to me, it's the quarterback. This is step one, good coaching staff. Step two, who's playing quarterback for them? Okay. I'm going to pitch some, some free agent names to you then. Okay. So obviously number one would be Kirk Cousins. Which would be great. Okay. I mean, that would work, I think. I think that would uh, work. He's good. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> I, I fully I fully think he would do fine there with how he did in uh, in Minnesota. And yeah, there's with... no Jefferson, but he's got other weapons in Atlanta. Yeah, well, well I mean, so you go from Jefferson, Hawkinson, and uh, Cook to Bijan, London, and Pitts. That's not, not the worst. Not that bad. Trade. No, and trade, not like, to mention Tyler Algier is still there as a good number two running back. Like they have a good that's right. balanced running game, which I think would cert, would would really suit Kirk Cousins well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. I've changed my opinion on him a bit because of what he's done with the Bucks. Um, so yes, I think if. If you have someone like Baker Mayfield, I'd be more comfortable with an additional receiving talent, but they might be able to pick someone up in the draft. Then I'd be able to grab someone else in free agency just to get some depth there. But yeah, I, I've changed. I've softened on him a bit. I think he could work in this situation. I don't think he's going to get away from the Buccaneers, so I think they're going to keep him. If they're smart, they'll keep him. He worked so well. He has great chemistry with Mike Evans. You, you like To me, you have to keep him if you're the Bucs. Yeah. Uh, what about if like you threw in like a Jameis Winston? Uh, he's a yeah, tough now, one. Now we start getting into the more questionable. Yeah. Cause he's, he's the type where he's got, you, you know, he's got all the talent in the world and you know, he's got the arm strength, but his decision-making has been really criticized and he does throw a lot of interceptions, which can really as we all know, damage like just your your offensive rhythm. I, to me, he's a step up from Desmond Ritter, but to me, it's not enough. Like I feel like the team could still be competitive, and maybe on in terms of the scoreboard and in terms of the standings, they would be okay. But I don't think for fantasy that's bumping things up significantly. All right, one more, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> I I think I think it was a great story this year, but yeah. uh that's not happening again. Come on. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh last bit of or front office news. Uh the Chargers are expected to hire the Ravens director of player personnel, Joe Hortiz, to be their new general manager. So I mean the Ravens have been uh very successful franchise over the past few years. Yeah. Not not into the Super Bowl successful every year, but still a good good team. Competitive team every year. So we'll see if uh he can maybe push the Chargers over the hump, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it because that's as you mentioned, that's such a great um such a great franchise over the past couple of years, and I think the Chargers need a bit of a facelift over there. Yeah. So if he can bring in that new energy, can bring in a bit of a different angle and look and feel to things, I think it's yeah, I think it's good. Well, speaking of the Ravens, uh, we can just dive into our 
conference game re- re- review, recap, whatever you want to call it. Um, the the Ravens beat the Ravens lost to the Ravens. They 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 did not lose to the Chiefs. That's that, a that was what statement. I took. Away, that's what I took away from that game. I don't know. I don't. I think that's a little. I think that's not giving the Chiefs their their due. No, the Chiefs didn't do anything in the second half. They they did not score any points. They, I think, had like five first downs, something like that. Like they did nothing. the the Raider uh, the Ravens got to the end zone twice, pretty <laughs> yeah, pretty easily. Um, and then between so we had the huge play. Zay Flowers gets the taunting penalty. Stupid penalty. Terrible penalty. They make up for it. They get down to the four-yard line, and then he fumbles it through the end zone or into the end zone, and Chiefs get it back. Yeah. Uh, they stop the Chiefs. Chiefs do nothing. They they go back down the field and they throw an interception into triple coverage into the end zone. They have a chance to they have a chance to get the ball back with like. Uh, not very much time, but enough time, you know, a couple of plays go your way. You can get down the field. Um, and all you need is a field goal to tie. And they don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. They decide they're going to test one of the best quarterbacks in football and just say, okay, our coverage is going to beat you. Take as much time as you want. And then they let them complete a 40 something yard pass. I think it was like whatever it was like an insanely deep pass that, should have been covered and wasn't. That was like the only big play that the Chiefs had the entire second half. Like th- that that game was for the Ravens to win and or to lose and they lost. They the, the Chiefs did not put up a big fight in the second half. It, it was competitive in the first half and then mm-hmm. it was essentially the, the Chiefs just stood out of the the Ravens way and just let them punch themselves in the face. And it worked. Yeah, yeah, I mean all that is definitely true. I just think that the Chiefs did a good job of making Lamar Jackson's impact less on that game. They like they did do a good job of making him uh, not be able to do all the things that we know he can do. I mean, he had a couple good runs in the beginning of the game. The game was back and forth at the beginning. They, both teams were scoring. Both teams were making things happen. And like we've talked about on this on this game on on this show, sorry, the the team with the experience to know how to win came out and won because that's part like that. Yes, you're right. The the Ravens choked away a lot of stuff, but the chiefs know how to not choke things away because they're the more experienced team. And they have that intangible winning quality that makes them a, a dynasty. So, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is right. I think also the chiefs, the things that the chiefs needed to do, they did and they did well. And when they needed to make one big play, they made one big play because it's Patrick Mahomes. And like the taunting thing, what like as a as a rookie, you were you got to be out of your mind to do that, like out of your mind to taunt after at, to, to a team that has won Super Bowls and you've done nothing, at like out of your mind. Why give the team that fuel they need to 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 crush you? I, I, 
yeah, I didn't like the penalty. I didn't like the attitude. Like what? Someone better get to him and be like, "Listen, rookie, calm yourself here," because that, like, that's that was stupid. That was a dumb, dumb play by him. Yeah, that was a fifteen-yard penalty. Then they had to fight to get to back in towards uh, that close to the end zone, and then he, same player, Flowers, tries to. <laughs> maybe redeem himself. I'm going to dive yeah. and score a touchdown and it'll all be okay. And then fumbles. So like it, within the span of two plays, he crushed that drive. Yeah. Took a bunch of time off the clock and gave the chiefs the back ball. It, uh, yeah, like just, just miscues. And, uh, they, they, they lost against themselves. Really? The chief just, just had to manage the game at that point and not make the same mistakes they did. And and to, yeah, to your credit, you're right. They are better at that. They've been there before. They know how to do that. Um, but still, the, the Ravens easily could have won that game if they had, if basically those three plays that I listed off, if they had not done that, those three critical mistakes, they win that game. And I think, I personally think Lamar Jackson deserves better than what has happened here. He had such a great season. He's been such a great, um, really MVP quality quarterback this year, and I I do think you at one point in time as a leader you got to look around and say okay enough's enough, we got to stop making these dumb mistakes. We have to stop doing these dumb things. We have to do something different here. We have to change the culture of our team because this isn't working. Yeah, and and I don't know why they were so insistent on putting the ball in his hands. Like, why wasn't more of the game plan run the ball? I don't keep know. Patrick they, Mahomes off the field. They were running they had well. Such, yeah, they had such a great running game, I would even say, for most of the season. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> run the ball, keep Mahomes off the field. Um, don't throw it when it's third and one and try to get a 20-yard completion or a 15-yard completion. Like, run the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just... Silly decisions like that. They, they lost the game. And then I think the the playoff mentality really showed in the other uh, game, the other conference game with the 49ers and the Lions. Um, mm-hmm. 49ers have been there before. The Lions haven't. And the Lions blew a 17-point lead. And, um, I mean, that was, to me, there was a lot of bad coaching decisions there. There was some bad play yep. calling, the bad coaching decisions on that. I am all for going uh, going for it on fourth down when, you know, it's like fourth and three, fourth and four even, um, especially if it's in neutral to positive, uh, like, field position or, you know, you're like you're on, like, the, the two-yard line. Why not? But when you see that you're starting to lose your lead, and you're in the red zone or, or in you're within your kicker's range. Having those three extra points gives your team a bit of a buffer, you know, because now instead of having only a seven point lead, okay, we're still up two, we're still up two scores. Um, we have a strong run game. We've been able to run well on them. We can try to grind out the clock, still keep it a two score game. Even if we give up another score, we're still safe, but twice, made the decision, no, we're going to still go for it. And I know that's like their their mentality and everything, but sometimes you got to dial that back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it, uh, it cost them. It did. I think it cost them, and I think it was bad play calling, um, and bad coaching. And I think that they they were in a situation where you need to know, no matter that your lead isn't safe in the playoffs against experienced teams. You can't. You you have to play a certain. You have to in certain situations. You have to play field position. Get the points if you can. Try to pin teams deep. Like, you know you're facing a good team. You can't give them any extra advantage. Um, and I think you got to make some adjustments come playoff time. You you really have to. Now, I'm, fall, I'm all for sticking to, to who you are. Like, I would much rather be fired from a job, as an example, doing it the way I want to do it, than doing it and making too many compromises and then wondering, oh, if I did it my way and trusted myself, would I be in this situation? It's like, I understand that, but I think you have to learn that playoffs are different. I don't know why there seems to be this narrative that the playoffs aren't different anymore when they are. You hear it in other sports more often than in football, but the playoffs are different. You have to adjust in these one-off games and make adjustments based on what you're seeing. And I think that there were some decisions that, that at the end of the day, they probably regret. Well, yeah, Dan Campbell came out and basically said like, you know, that that's on me. I I gambled and I lost Uh, and all true. Um, I think that's just where you need to kind of, because I'm sure the analytics were probably saying go for it because of the down and distance. Um, But I think that's when you just need to look at like the totality of it and just say, okay, they are going to probably score on us again. Uh, Let's keep it a two, maybe even a three point or a three possession game here. And then at least, and then we'll try again next time. You know, we'll try to get into the end zone again, but at least we're still keeping our head up above water here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just, just poor, Poor decision making cost them that game, and uh, and, and well, they're, the Four Niners defense really stepped up towards the end there, uh, or maybe it was the Lions' offense just couldn't put anything together. But like at the end, they they were not. It was a different tone from the what we saw in the first half. In the first half, there was nothing they couldn't do against the Four Niners' defense, and then in the second half, especially towards the end of the game, it was like the Four Niners knew what they were doing every time. You know, the runs to the out wide were getting stopped in the backfield. Uh, the passes were getting broken up. Uh, Goff made some bad throws. You know, they had a couple of times they could have converted on big downs and they didn't. Um, which was always, you know, kind of the worry with having Goff there. You know, he's not the elite quarterback. He's a good game manager. Good. He can get the ball where it needs to go most of the time, but not the guy you want to be counting on, you know, when you're trying to get into the Super Bowl and it came back to bite them too. Yep. Um you did you did okay in the in your playoff prediction though. You 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 got the double double win there. Not enough uh, unfortunately to make a difference in our playoff scoring, but you you went 2 and 0. Yeah, I mean I I did I did actually think that the 49ers and Chiefs would 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 come through. Um I did think the games would be close, which they both were. Um, I think I, as much as it's a cool storyline, what the Lions did and the, the Ravens have been a great team all year. I still think the two of the more complete football teams this year are in the Super Bowl. So, like the 49ers, they're a complete team. 
They they do a lot of really good things. Kansas City, they're champions. They're a dynasty. They have a better defense than generally you get on a Mahomes team. I know they've had some issues at receiver, but that's really their weakness. Like, there's really not another one. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not super surprised by this. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was 49ers and Ravens either, just because I did think that game was going to be close. But, yeah, I ended up winning my game. You lost yours. So, yeah, give me a couple couple points to brag about, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Means, well, it's all means for, literally nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's all, all for bragging rights, really. Um, well, we, we have our Super Bowl matchup, so who who are you taking? <laughs> Is it my turn? Do I have to pick this? Well, oh, I boy. just figured we could both, because, I mean, we can both pick it. I mean, technically it would be my turn. I know, I know who I'm taking to win. Um, okay, well, why don't you tell me who you're taking, and I'll see if I want to be a contrarian or not. Okay, well, I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what okay. I think, too. <laughs> yeah, I think I think as much as I've said a lot of positive things about the Chiefs here, I do think I do think this is the 49ers' year. I think their defense is great. Um, I think their running game is unmatched. Um, and for I think me, Brock that's, Purdy, that's a big key, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and for me, Brock Purdy does what he needs to do, and I think he, you know, he deserves to be looked at a little bit differently than he is, and a nice win would do that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think the 49ers, this is their Super Bowl to, to lose, really. Yeah, I think uh, I think if we see what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs over the past probably month, month and a half with their offense, the 49ers defense is too strong. They're, they're not going to be able to uh, overcome that. And the 49ers are going to make him pay. And Christian McCaffrey just adds a different element to this 49ers offense that there's too many. There's too many players to try to cover. There's too many elite options that can hurt you. You know, it's not like with um with the Bills, where it's really just Josh Allen and then Stefan Diggs, maybe the tight end. But even then, you know, is it going to be Kincaid? Is it Knox? I don't even think they really know. Uh, it's not like with the Ravens. It's basically just Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's like the only elite threat. Um, with with the 49ers, you've got Debo, you've got Ayuk, you've got McCaffrey, you've got Kittle, you've got uh, they use their their fullback randomly, and it always works. Uh, Kyle Uzcheck, um, and then Brock Purdy. He had some big runs against the Lions. He mm-hmm. like, he's not a runner, but he showed like when it when he needs to, he can do it. Uh, he can scramble a bit. So like that just adds another wrinkle into what you need to game plan against because the Lions clearly didn't, and it burnt them badly. Um, there's just so much. And uh, the Chiefs have a very good secondary. We, we saw that with, with the Ravens. But like we saw with uh, the 49ers against the Lions, the, the 49ers don't need to air it out against you to, to win. They no, will... Don't they will cut you a hundred times on the ground and then throw it over top as soon as you commit to try to stop that run game. Yeah, because um, once you commit, you've got Debo Samuel, you've got Ayuk, you've got Kittle. Like, you've got these players you can't that aren't just nobody or not just players having a random good year. Like, you're, you, I think you hit it right on the head as to why, to me, it just seems like this is their year. They're elite across the board. And they have a quarterback who knows how to use manage the game well and knows how to use this talent. 
and, and does get the job done. Yep. And I'm still seeing issues with the Chiefs offense and penalties. Just to further, I guess, pile on to why I think that the Chiefs aren't going to win it. Um, they, It's like they can't help themselves. Like the offensive line constantly getting the false start penalties, the, the holding penalties. Um, those just kill kill a drive's momentum. And and maybe that's part of why we've seen what we've seen with the um with the Chiefs offense, because it's kind of coincided with all these offensive penalties. It is hard to maintain a, a strong scoring drive when you uh when every five, ten plays you're getting backed up five to fifteen yards. Um it it's hard to get momentum going and they're going to have a hard enough time against that uh, with that against this 49ers defense, even without the penalties. So unless they can really clean that up in this bye week, uh, while everyone else is looking at the pro bowl, um, they're, they're going to be in for a really tough time. Uh, but uh, yeah, for, for me, I, I think this will be a competitive game by, by no means. Do I think this will be a blowout or anything like that? Um, might not be. I think this might be more like what we saw with, um, with the Ravens Chiefs versus the 49ers Lions, I think this might be a more like a 21-17 kind of a game than uh, both teams scoring 30 plus points. Yeah, the only like the only thing that makes me think differently, even though I do agree, is Patrick Mahomes. He he's not Patrick Mahomes is not your average good quarterback. He's not even your average like great quarterback. I I think, I think this is an elite quarterback and elite quarterbacks can carry teams on their back when they want to. And he is the type of person where it's like, yeah, okay. 21, 17 late in the game and the chiefs have the ball. There's uh, there's no question in my mind. He can, he, he can run them down the field and score one touchdown to win the game. Like if they're, if it's close, then the game isn't out of sight for me. So that's the only thing. Patrick Mahomes is different. And he's proven that. And if he does win again this year, then I think he enters a different type of elite quarterback status because he'll have done it with practically nothing. So... See, for, for me, it's... It like, like I, I agree with you. If you, know, if you were going to ask me, pick a quarterback we need a game-winning drive, who are you taking? I would consider Patrick Mahomes just like 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 with Tom Brady, you know, like that would be like yeah. my go-to, that's who I'm picking, right? I don't um, think there's another current quarterback in the league that you can make an argument for over Patrick Mahomes. No, but the problem is they might be, they might be too far behind. It, they it's might true. not be in that we need to get down the field and score because I'm, like, I'm just looking at his, his stats here. He hasn't he he threw for over 260 yards against the Dolphins. Um, that was the first time since week 16 against the Patriots. And he hasn't thrown for over 250 yards since. So he's not throwing huge like he's not having big throwing games. He's got he's averaging like one and a half touchdowns in the playoffs. That's, that's not typically Patrick Mahomes. Usually that's at least two, usually closer to three. Um, I, they are running the ball a lot more with Isaiah Pacheco, but still like he, 
he is not um I don't he's just like he's not playing as effective. So I just I don't think that offense is whatever's going on there, whatever that funk they're in, it's just not as capable as it could be. Because I fully agree with you. If if this offense was fully humming, going full tilt, I would probably not be betting against them the way that I am. But it's kind of like with the Buffalo Bills, you know, like all the mm-hmm. pieces are there, but for some reason it's not working. It's barely working for the Chiefs. But like, you want to know the is, difference between the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills? The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl again. The the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Yep. Like, the, but, like that's the thing you can't deny right now. Regardless of who who beat who, they they outlasted if you want to call it the Ravens. So as far as I'm concerned, the Chiefs are probably the second best team in football this year. They're in the Super Bowl again. They got through opponents winning on the road, which I guess was a big deal and everyone was concerned about it. They did it multiple times. They beat the Bills. They beat the Ravens. They completely have stuck through all this and made it work somehow. And I think the difference is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can win you a game. And this is the this is the thing. This is the best defense the Chiefs have had in the Patrick Home, Mahomes era. Like, in terms of defense, there's always been one of the things that, oh, you know, they can score their way out of problems. Th- their defense has, has been a lot better this year and can do things to to stop you. And, I, I, again, I agree with all the points you're making about San Francisco. They would be my pick, too, 100%. I can't pick the Chiefs. It's just the only thing, even if it's 10%, 15%, 20%, that belongs to all of Patrick Mahomes and not anyone else. Because if there's one person who can do it, it's him. And if they can keep the game close, he could do it. <laughs> like, he he could do it. He could, yeah. I think the Chiefs defense, though, they have, as the course has gone on, they have struggled against the run game. And that's not somewhere you want to be bad when you're playing uh, Christian McCaffrey. No, and that's uh, true. That's very true. But either way, I'm very excited for that game. Um. Real quick, Mike, uh, something I'm not excited for, and and from our talk prior to the show, neither are you, uh, the Pro Bowl. Um, do you watch the Pro Bowl? I used to. I used to watch it every year. Um, but I don't I don't anymore. I think I watched it either the, maybe two, two years of it being flag football. Okay. Like, I think I've seen that twice. But but I used to watch it when it was more a kind of like slow football game. Um, I I I don't think I watched it last year. Yeah, I'm gonna say I didn't watch it last year. Um, I I genuinely don't think I've ever watched one. It's not great. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> it's so all a lot of all star games uh, in sports have been going this route where it's cl- so clear it's about the sponsors. You get a lot of fans in there too, but really it's like a sponsor event and it, you know, you get all your stars out and it's more about shaking hands than it is about playing the game. But yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been overly interested in it for, for several years. And I, I think it's a complete waste of time and space now. I think they should just release an all-star team and do the awards and that's it. <laughs> and just move what on. if they held it after the Super Bowl? Do you think then it would be more like competitive and like, like uh, not as a flag football game, but like an actual football game? Do you think it would be more competitive then? Because like the season's over, you're not risking um, 
crippling your team's chances of winning Super Bowl if you were on the Super Bowl team. Um, I don't think they usually show up anyways because they're preparing for Super Bowl. But, you know, the season's over. Like, let's go out and have a, have a football game. Do you think that would go better? Do you think it would still be the same of, like, nobody wants to risk an injury so no one's doing anything? I think if the players aren't bought in, it won't matter. And I just don't know if they can be bought in. So back back in the day, and this would be this is how hockey did it. When there were only six teams in the National Hockey League, at the end of the season, after the cup final, the winner of the cup would play the all-star team. So it would be the okay. team that won would play all-stars made up from the other five teams, and that would be your all-star game. I would watch that. I and it was, apparently it was great. I don't know, but something my dad told me they used to do and he would watch it and it would be really good because it would be, you know, this team that just won a, won a cup and because there's only a handful of other teams, they can put a nice all-star team together and it ends up being a relatively even thing. If they were some, if there was some way to do something more like that to make it more competitive or even in like baseball, the team that wins the all-star game that team gets home field advantage at at the uh, at the world whatever, World Series, <laughs> so they put something on the line, and I know that's hard to do at the end of the year. Baseball does it mid season, but for that was what hockey was. It was the team that won plays the All Stars, and like that's a cool thing that can get mm-hmm. players interested. Um, I don't know how to get football players interested. I don't know if it's like a could you regionalize it? Could you be like the schools from the, you know, the school you went to and this is your region and you play each other in some sort of more competitive thing? Because that's one of the things hockey is considering doing. Instead of an all-star game, have a more best-on-best country tournament where you represent your country and you do something like that. Like something to make it more competitive. Right. Without player buy-in, I, don't, I just don't think it matters. I think the players don't want to get hurt. They don't care. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, but that is all we have time for. Um, Mike and I, like the NFL, are going to take a break for next week. So next time you hear from us, we'll be analyzing what went on in the Super Bowl and giving you our tight end review. Thanks for joining us this week. Take care. Stay safe. <laughs>